It's a bonus episode. We're talking Robbie Tucker's Peppermints. Hit it. It was 2020. Totally Rad Christmas was released. Wonderful had a one-piece envelope bulb, and Robbie Tucker released his first Christmas album. I'm your host, Jerry D., with another episode of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, we got it covered. Now, joining me is a very special guest. You'll know him as a musician, vocalist, and composer of Peppermints, Robbie Tucker. Robbie, how's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? You know, it's been a pretty good day. I finally have a day off after so many in a row that I've had to work. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's a great day. <laughs> cool, cool. I, uh, I, set, I set my iPad up here in front of the window because it was like the best pace, place for life. But now in where I am, it gets dark at like three o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm slowly losing light. I, I gotcha. Well, no worries. If, if it goes dark, you know, uh, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> i'm pretty good at, at keeping talking um <laughs> well yeah this is uh this is just one of those busy times for me i work at a christmas store so uh out of out of oh, cool. the whole year of course this is our like our our go time hunker down get it done type you know time do you work at a christmas store that's open all year round it's mostly all year round we close about three months out of the year but that gives us okay. time to uh to redo our displays and uh, okay. you know, just revamp everything in the store, and so cool. there's a few like fixtures that always kind of stay, but mostly we just kind of redo it all. So, yeah, that gives cool. us time to do that. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I do. I work I work at uh, at just there all year round. And it's all Christmas. Oh, of so. <laughs> so you're just happy, happy, happy all the time. Tell you what, you know, if you're having a bad <laughs> day and you walk in and you you see all the lights and it's just yeah, it's definitely nice. Yeah, that's cool. I can see that. Christmas is definitely Christmas is definitely a, a time when it's like everybody just kind of instantly becomes happy. Yeah, it seems like pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and and I've seen that. There's very few people that are grumpy, and I've noticed that if they start off grumpy when they come in, they usually don't end up grumpy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's always pretty nice there. But it kind of reminds me of your album. Peppermints. Oh, good. Uh, so, uh, oh, see what I did there? Uh, but <laughs> what was the inspiration for? Like, what made you want to do a Christmas album? Well, you know, a few years ago, uh, I, I wrote uh, Holiday Hustle, which is on the Christmas album. Right. But it was very short. Uh, here where I am in New Brunswick, there was a radio show on the weekends called The 506. Okay. Where the, the host would, like, play local artists. So I'm like, oh, geez. I just throw like tunes together that week and then they put them on the weekend. It was a cool thing for like local artists. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. It doesn't exist anymore. Unfortunately Uh. now, but I really loved holiday hustle. The original version was like maybe about half as long as this one. Okay. Cause when I, when I would listen to it in the car, I would just like go, Oh, 
there should be more of that. And normally <laughs> I'm not the kind of guy that wants to play something to death or play it out too much. But then I thought, you know, it's only like once a year that people are going to listen to this, right? right? So I thought, well, it would be acceptable to make it a little bit longer. Right. So that's, that's actually uh, what kind of started. I started doing that. And then every year around October the 1st, around thereabouts, I started thinking, oh, I should make a Christmas album. And it just starts right in the back of my head mm-hmm. and starts kind of yell, starts as a whisper. And then by the middle of November, it's like screaming at me. But so, so previous years I've written a couple like the underrated Santa, which is on the album Peppermints. I kind of had a couple of verses for that song, but it was mm-hmm. totally different what I had written. So I added a couple of parts and an extra verse and it is what it is on this album. Right. And I had a couple of more that just didn't fit. So I thought once I got started doing a holiday hustle, extending it, then I thought, well, let's just do it. And then once you start writing, you're kind of like, it kind of becomes your thing. And you have, I have a deadline of November the 20th in order to get it out by a certain date. Right. Right. Because it's got to be available for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that was the initial thing that got me going on it. Okay. Very cool. And so, uh, you know, I, I compose a little bit myself and um, I find it's actually easier, I think, to compose something for like orchestra than it is to write like a good song. Um, so like, yeah, yeah, I get that. like, what's your process when you're doing a song? Cause for me, I always have like these great catchy melodies and lyrics and ideas in the shower. And then I usually forget them by the time I get out. <laughs> yeah. Or you can put them on your phone and they just disappear. I've done that. Yeah. That's... Paul McCartney talks about doing that. He says, if you have an idea, don't put it on your phone because it's the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> it's the graveyard for your ideas. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's one of those where uh you know it's like oh man this is great and then you know I'll remember it and I'll I'll have it in my head for a bit and then life happens cuz I got to talk to people like you know for 10 hours a day at least and uh during yeah. the days it's you know 12 or 13 hour days and uh so uh, you know I but I usually forget it by the time I'm done cuz I've been listening to <laughs> Christmas music all day long. Uh, yeah, and it's another thing cuz when you're in the shower or wherever you are when that riff comes to you it's kind of the it's kind of at its strongest at that moment. Exactly. Where you're like, I have all the faith and love in the world for this riff right now. Mm-hmm. And if you could like get to a piano or a keyboard or have the time and felt like you could do it right then, that's probably the best time to go at it. A- exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're you're completely right. The downside, of course, is that usually I have to get ready for work. <laughs> and so yeah. so that's why i'm in, you know i'm taking the shower to get ready for work so i, I kind of yeah. i don't get a chance to um so i know that there's been just hundreds of ideas that i've missed but what's your inspiration for writing a song like like when do you normally get inspired is it is it just like a, a lyric that comes to you or or something you see or i think that it's probably quite similar for everybody i mean i've heard michael jackson i've heard paul mccartney i've heard all different recording artists and songwriters talk about it as being like almost like you don't have a lot to do with it mm-hmm. you as the artist have the things that you're inspired by like my uh inspirations growing up were orbison elvis presley paul mccartney nice sinatra and i think those things through your love of them bleed through into what you do right um and then it just comes out as your kind of interpretation of all the things you love because you're like when you're when you're making music you're obviously searching for things that you like right 
if you come up with a melody that, oh, that resonates with you, then that's kind of what that is, is a, an amalgamation of all those things that you love. Mm-hmm. So for, I mean, my first album came out in 2003, The Legend Street Sessions. That was kind of like, can I write songs? That was me going, I don't even know if I can write a song. I just want to try. Right. And then you just develop and every album is hopefully a little bit more growth from there. The difference in the thing with this album is it's kind of coming off the end of me recording Blue Candy, which was actually supposed to come out before this, but it's not ready. I don't have it mixed or produced. Gotcha. But I start I started to like work in GarageBand with kind of electronic stuff. Mm-hmm. Like different sounds and synths and just cool, weird things. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So that kind of bled through into like I think maybe uh, Peppermint's. I think most of them, to some extent, have a little electronic element that I just didn't have in my music before, right? Before it would be, I was very much orchestration, like brass and that kind of thing. I was in love with that from Mm -hmm. Elvis in the 70s. I was always a huge fan of Elvis. And when I lived in Montreal and we played, I played with a band that I called the Dangerous Crayons and we had a detachable four or five piece brass section. So we could play a small club or we could go to a big place and bring the brass with us. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, riffs and like that's, that's a bonus to using this electronic stuff is that you can put your hand on the A note and it kind of makes this weird. You don't do anything other than do this. And then you have to figure out, Oh, this weird melody that's being like presented to me what do i do with it right and you can try to mix those electronic sounds together versus like piano and guitar so it i find i hope anyways for anybody who listens to my music will listen to it and go oh this is different than anything he's done before cool okay yeah yeah i mean i really dig that because um you know it's all a lot of times, you know, if you're not growing, especially musically, then, uh, you know, it it all intends to sound the same. I mean, even Fleetwood Mac, who's like, I, I love Fleetwood Mac, you know, they, they had like one of the best selling albums ever, you know, with Rumors. And then they went yeah. to do Tusk, you know, and it's like crazy experimental and, and you know, playing on like like tissue boxes and, and things like that, you know, for percussion. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I completely get it. And I, I think they're especially you know when you're creative you gotta find some way to explore and yeah so, definitely and, and speaking of electronics i really like that gordon song that you, oh, cool. you have on there yeah that's, <laughs> that's probably the the one that i you know outside of holiday hustle which was already kind of started uh-huh. um gordon yeah that's probably the first one for the album that i started that i didn't know i was going to do a christmas song gotcha. it was just like it's a Gordon's weird. Uh, you could, <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's Christmassy because I mean I do Christmas things and it oh look at Santa ho 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 but yeah. it's a weird song. Everybody yeah. who's listened to me is like I love that one but it's weird. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But it kind of reminds me of, I, I mean, it, it is very eighties. If you think about it, yeah. like, like yeah. there's a bit, you know, cause it has some of the synths in there, but there's also, um, 
it has a little bit of a vibe. Like if you had just added like maybe a, a guitar in certain sections of it, like, you know, yeah. just a, a, with a, a clean tone, maybe some reverb, just, you know, maybe just slightly distorted or something. It seems like it would have fit in perfect with like the Minneapolis sound, you know, of Prince and Morris Day in the time. You know? Okay, There's yeah. sections of it right there where it's like, oh, if he just had like a little riff, you know, just or something like that, it would have been like perfect, you know? So yeah. uh, there's something about it that, yeah, it is weird, but it's also really cool. And cool, thank you. Yeah, I I really dig that 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 one, and I think Wish Books are like my two favorite. Uh, yeah, Wish Book is definitely. I mean, I don't think you could classify Wish Book as a song because it's not a song. More like a tone poem, yeah. Yeah, like a, I, I think at the beginning I say a Wish Book of Christmas reading, mm-hmm. but that that's an example of something that I've never done before, and I think that's probably caliber wise compared to my other stuff. I think Wish Book is probably at the top of the list now. Yeah. Because um, it's long. It's almost eight minutes. I think it's seven minutes and 42 seconds. And it's just outside of the intro and the outro, which is pretty much exactly the same thing, which, again, I feel like because it's the same thing, you build this relationship with that instrumentation at the beginning mm-hmm. and the end because they're the same thing. Right. Outside of that, there's no music in the song. I I was thinking about, like, adding some sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, then, you know, I was running out of time. And also, I found when I finished it, the intonation is really what, you know, alongside the the lyrics, the right. intonation and the way it's presented is what the what the piece is. Right. Like if you read it with no enthusiasm, it wouldn't work. But I mean, that to me is probably without question the most emotional thing I've ever written. It's it's definitely very evocative. Like like as soon as I started hearing you, and you're speaking about uh, your brother in it as well. Uh, I think yeah. it's your brother, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It uh, it it just right away. I remembered, you know, being so excited for the wish book, and I remembered, you know, everything, you know, looking through the pages and and you know skipping yeah. over all the. <laughs> I think you even say like like the shirts or something like that, and it's a, uh, you know, all that that stuff, the, the umbrellas or whatever, get it out of the yeah. way because I wanted to get to the toys, you know, the He Man, the Transformers, the GI Joes of it all, and yeah. uh, and so it it's like it brought me back, and so I think it's just it's it's so powerful because it has that nostalgia factor that you know nostalgia is, is itself is a really powerful thing and so that yeah. encapsulates it perfectly and it just really brings you back uh, at least if you're a child of the 80s and early 90s it for oh, sure goes back to that uh, that era you know and your childhood and so i love that song or, or tone yeah. poem or, or christmas reading whatever you want to call it i, I think it's amazing <laughs> yeah i have to say it's probably um one of the things that I'm most proud of, uh, I ne- I never hear from my brother when he hears any of my stuff. Yeah. That's not to say that he doesn't like it or appreciate it or right, think that right, yeah, I'm good or able to do. It. But this is the first time he sent he sent me a text message, and I'm like, well, it must be good if Jason's <laughs> text message. <laughs> he never says anything about anything, but yeah, he said uh, really neat or something like that. Um, yeah. And my aunt, she called and she's like, her. And my cousin, they, they, you know, they're very affected because I'm talking about our family. Right, I mean, right. Like, as sure as Lassie's bark was airy and high-pitched, as sure as Sparky's ears were blonde bleached, my grandmother used to proxide her little dog Sparky's ears. Oh, really? He, even though he was brown, his ears were like super blonde. Oh, wow. But there's so many of those things, I think, with for my family because 
Yeah. You know, a lot of it is written about things that happened as a kid for me. Right. It really, I don't know, the intonation and the, the, the lyrics, just there's something about it, as I say, very, very emotional. Uh, when I finally got to the end of it, when I brought, uh, when I finally was able to get the acronym for Sears, Mm-hmm. Is that the whole thing is riding on the acronym for Sears? Mm-hmm. I want to say the wish book didn't come from some store; it came from the North Pole. Right. And I'm like, if I can't think of a, an acronym that lives up to the hype, <laughs> this ain't gonna work. It's gonna be like a month of like wasted time that I could have been eating fruit roll-ups or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Jerry. It's such a weird thing. Uh, like I was working out one morning and I just thought, okay, I'm going to come up with the acronym. So I just write Sears out on a piece of paper. So I'm looking at it while I'm working out. And just when it came to me, it -hmm. was the first thing that came to me. It's like, I said this to somebody. It's almost like it was always there. Like someone had left there for someone to find. Right. That's when you see what the acronym is. It's just like there is nothing else that could be perfect. That that is perfect. The very first thing that presents itself, and I won't say I thought of it. I mean, it was just there. The the words exist, and that that acronym was there. It's just I think after from that point on, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> I was so exhausted, mm-hmm. like emotionally, that I had to like lay down and take a nap or something. I mean, it's 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 tiring. It's emotionally draining, but healthy. It's good because right. you're tapping into something that is close to your heart. Yeah, yeah, and and we won't uh, we won't spoil it here because we want everybody no. to, to go get the album. Uh, but but for sure, I, it's I like I said, I think that one is is like one of my favorites. Uh, along with Gordon, uh, those two are just my tops. There, uh, Holiday Hustle, of course, is also you know you mentioned that's the first one you wrote, but it's also you know it's it's up tempo. Um, tell me about the chord progression that you go through there. Like, what's your your typical? You know, I I'm not I'm not a musician that was trained or studied or anything. I just picked up. My father got me a guitar when I was a little kid, and I just mm-hmm. started learning how to play it. I, I always say I can't really play anything. I can't. I play the bass. Eh, I play the piano. Uh, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I think through my love of Roy Orbison, mm-hmm. I've always been kind of thrown into the realm of no, I don't want to do that because that's been done ten thousand times. Right. And I'm still like that. So when I like when I start looking for chord progressions, mm-hmm. it won't just be. Just be right. something sim- simple, although somewhere that doesn't make any sense. I'll try to take two things that don't go together mm-hmm. and make them go together because there's nothing that will irritate a Robbie Tucker more than someone so lazy that they can't even try to make something <laughs> that doesn't sound. I mean, I mean, I whether I ever achieve what I try to achieve, I don't always want to sound like other people right you know i was approached by people why why didn't you do a cover song that's like if there could be something far away from me (laughs) 
that would be the idea of doing a cover song because that just would tarnish the whole thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. And and I, I've played in tons of cover bands. Um, and we we always find that no matter how good we are, we just we're we still can't capture the magic of the original. You know, it, oh, even if we're sure. like ridiculously polished, we're, we're you know super rehearsed. Everything is perfect. You know, starts and stops. The there's the riffs are amazing. Uh, just for, there's just a magic that is there when the you know the original creator uh, yeah. uh, sang the song, and so um, you know there's always something about doing our own songs, and so we always end up I- inevitably uh, just leaning. While we'll do a couple of covers here and there, mostly we just we end up doing our own tunes. Yeah, that's the best because I mean, especially when it comes to this kind of thing, when you're making a Christmas album, which is you either go one way or the other. And if you do an album with covers on it, you're essentially saying, I wish I were this person. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I wish I sounded like this. I wish I were Elvis. I wish I were Bing Crosby. I wish, you know, and I dig the challenge of, and it's not like I tried to come up with a bunch of Christmas standards. Mm -hmm. I think whenever. I didn't approach this album any different than I do any of my other works, other than, you know, as I spoke about, there's a lot of electronic and new things that I'm trying. Right. Um, I just think it's better when it's your own thing. And whether you want something to be timeless or last, that's probably my best attempt as Wishbook is yeah, creating something that'll last. That, that's up for the ages. Time will tell if it lasts. Right, right, yeah. You know, Christmas classics weren't instantly. Jingle Bells wasn't a Chris, Christmas classic. No, in fact, it wasn't even written for Christmas. It was actually written for oh. some, some horse races after Thanksgiving. Um, well, you just took all the magic out of it. <laughs> Sorry, but it's like Die Hard. You know, eventually people yeah. just associated it with Christmas. <laughs> um, which is a little inside joke. I'm always arguing that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie, but but some people say that it is, and that's cool. That's that's good. I for still them. haven't seen it. I swore to my friend that was going to watch it this year, but oh man, it's a good one. Yeah, it's definitely a good one. Um, so why Peppermints? Why did you choose to name it after that particular song? Because that's your opening track. Um, you know why that one and not like you know um, what is it? Uh, Odio Do. You know or uh, or you know Holiday Hustle. Even why not? I think that I think for me that you know outside of the reason that like the track listing always seems to present itself. You get eight songs or twelve songs or however many songs are on the album. They right. just they sound good next to each other. Now I know people don't as much listen to music in that way anymore, but some people still do, and that's still the way I created. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew early on that it was going to be called Peppermints. Okay. My initial idea was to get as many different kinds of peppermints, candy canes, chocolate mints, you know, because there's a mm-hmm. lot of them. Right. And just jam as many as I could in my mouth and then take a pitch. And that would be the album. <laughs> that, that would have been awesome. <laughs> but I couldn't, like, I just, for me, it's like, if this idea is not going to work, I can't get someone to help me with it or I can't do it on my own. I'll just make a different cover and we'll go in a different direction. Right. But I really liked the idea of, Peppermints just stood out to me as the title. Mm-hmm. And I never did an album like that before because Peppermints is not lyrically, there's not, there's not a whole lot going on there. Right, right. And it wasn't until the last few days of recording that I added the elves and Santa Claus. And the, then it just kind of, okay, that's what this song is. 
and it just became the first track. It just, it is where, I mean, if you were going to put that track somewhere, where else would it go? There's no, it has to go first, right? Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the a first for me in having an album named Peppermint, having an album with a name and a song on the album of the same name. I've never done that before either. Gotcha. So it's kind of fun. Okay. It's, it's funny because uh, the whole album is almost... Uh, and it, I know it's not, but it's almost to, it, I, at least I got the vibe that it was like a concept album almost even. Uh, and because there's a lot of, you know, um, in, the songs that while they, they stand for themselves, there's there's kind of a through line is what I noticed throughout the whole thing. And there's yeah. um, a lot of like like voices and, and role play and, and, you know, just things happening as well, which I thought was kind of interesting and cool because you don't really get a whole lot of that in Christmas songs either. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's very few of them. I can think of, you know, maybe like a handful of them. And uh, so, so I really dug that. That was like one of the things that stood out to me. And, and it, so it just right away, it just made me like it more, which cool. <laughs> I mean, it's a cool yeah. album, man. I really dig this album. So <laughs> I think again, it's like something that for me anyways, not a lot of planning normally goes into what I do. Yeah. I didn't set out and plan and draw that out, that it was going to have this feel and vibe and direction. Yeah. But the reaction has been greater to any of my other works thus far, people have really seemed to like it. And, you know, there is something about the tracks, all eight tracks together. I knew when I had those eight tracks, it's done. When I had them in the order, even though Gordon is weird, it still fits in with the rest of them. It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no repeat. This is something that very much bothers me, and I, I don't, I'm not saying this to take away from other artists, but when you get an album and two songs sound the same, why didn't you put one of them in the garbage and keep one on the album? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, okay, that one sounds like the other one. That one sounds like this one. I find that it doesn't always happen. I mean, I probably haven't achieved that in my life, but I find those eight tracks are unique from each other and no other one sounds the same. You know what I mean? I do, yeah. I, and uh, it, it's funny because then you compare Gordon within uh, that, uh, what is it, Odeo Do, and uh, that one's almost more like a country, uh, I, I, I mean, you get kind of that like yodeling almost vibe to it, which, <laughs> you know. That's another one that's like, I sat down, I remember the morning that I made that, I wrote all the lyrics out, and that was a very emotional one as well. I probably, I, I mean, I get emotional when I'm working, when I'm writing, when I'm creating, because I think that happens. That's good. Yeah, I think that's that's great. You know, you're you should. I'm writing, I'm writing about an Odioto about something that was very that had very much affected me as a child and very much affected my father. And mm-hmm. but then because the lyrics I feel are serious, mm-hmm. the tone and melody aren't very. <laughs> but it's pretty happy and upbeat, right? Yeah, it definitely but, is. Yeah, I I just find it funny that people could listen because I mean, people don't always listen to the lyrics of songs that they're listening to. See, and, and that's, it's funny you say that, uh, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's how I am. I always, the first thing I listen to when I'm listening to the music is, is the music itself. And it's not till like repeat listenings that I end up focusing on the, on the lyrics. And yeah. so that's exactly me. You're right. Uh, that's how I am. So, uh, I'm, but yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. It's just, uh, that's an interesting one for me as well because of the the tone of the lyrics and then the overall tone of the the melody and the presentation of the vocals and then the combination of them both right i think those two those two elements meet uh probably 
the best is at the end of the song when the little kid asks, mom, is it really Santa Claus? Which mm -hmm. isn't really what I'm saying. I think, I don't know. People will probably get different things because people are different and they, they're going to get out of it what they get out of it. But for right. me, I'm not Santa Claus. I'm saying something else. Right, right. So, yeah, it's just cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, so you get that one, and then again, you contrast it right right away. You contrast that with the holiday hustle. Because I, I think, you know, the other one, like you said, it's more playful. It's almost lilting in the way it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and then holiday hustle is more just of a straightforward uh, yeah. kind of jam. Uh, and then you have the real, uh, and this is where I like your flow, because then we go into that wish book that I was talking about, you know, that that nice long tone poem or Christmas yeah. reading. Uh, and then we get one that I really made me laugh. <laughs> I liked it was the uh, Donder's last flight. Oh, good. <laughs> that one was just, it was just playful and I enjoyed it. You know, it's a, uh, he's kind of a little jealous uh, there of, of Rudolph, it's, I it's suppose. one of those ones that you, when I made Donner's last flight, I uh, actually put the drum beat on in garage band and just picked up a Maybe it was an electric guitar or bass. I don't remember. And I actually did the melody for the whole song. Oh, wow. Just, I mean, I knew I didn't really have any lyrics other than fly, Donner, fly. Mm -hmm. I pretty much sang that for the whole thing. But then when I ended up finishing it and writing the lyrics, there was this weird part because I hadn't planned it out when I, when I wrote it. And I took that as a challenge to, okay, what the hell do I do <laughs> with this odd out of out of place part where right. it's not a verse or a bridge or a chorus or an anything? Right. And I just thought, leave it in till the end, so that way it'll be next impossible to fix it, <laughs> and then you'll have to do something with it. But right. then it quite it actually quite early on became that cool first little breakdown, mm -hmm. and it seems there's something there's something that I dig about the structure of songs in general but that one i tried to not have any sort of pattern a verse verse chorus bridge verse verse bridge chorus anything like that mm -hmm. that's why i thought leave that in and come up with something which is As pretty standard whole, you know you see you see most songs are like that you know it's verse maybe a pre-chorus maybe not but generally verse chorus you know and then another verse another chorus and then there's usually maybe a solo section or a bridge and then yeah. again another chorus or, or two, you know, and and that's really it. That's that's like most songs are structured like that. So whenever yeah, you're something something different, you know, for, and it's always fresh, and and again, that's it's it's nice because it's kind of a break from from yeah. the, the mundane. Yeah, and the, I mean, you need a break from that. I mean, I don't know why. Like when you turn on the radio these days, it seems like there's a lot more, and it could be that I'm getting older. It could. A lot of it's just I'm like, isn't this the same person we just listened to? <laughs> no, there there is a lot of that. I mean, you you go back and you listen to, uh, I mean, even it, before we were born, even the '70s, you know, uh, or, or '60s or '70s, like you take some of the classic rock bands there. I mean, Sabbath did not sound anything like the Eagles, who you know barely sounded yeah. like AC/DC, who didn't really sound like Deep Purple. Like they all had their very stylistic uh, differences that. Uh, yes. It seems, especially in like the late '90s, early 2000s, kind of broke down to where it, you know, the I don't know if it was the industry or what, but everyone seemed to kind of want it to be real cookie cutter. And yeah, uh, it seems weird now to be in a place where the industry is kind of crashing and burning when you know a lot of people are gaining their famousness from YouTube and 
other avenues on the internet. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe it's as well it's because so many people have access to the internet and the world now that you can get your music out so quick. Anybody can. You, right. I mean, when, when I was a kid, I always had this feeling that if you're very talented and you work hard, you could become famous, which is a jaded kind of thought process in itself. <laughs> but now if you think you are a star, you can kind of, okay, I'm going to make myself look like a star on YouTube or yeah, just put on a camera. Or, on. Yeah. But I mean, I've, I said, I mentioned Roy Orbison, that kind of, uh, if you talk about things like running scared, what is running scared? That That's not a verse. That's pretty much a story. If you've ever heard that song mm-hmm. with a big fat high note at the end. I just, that always spoke to me to try and be different. Try not to, just try to be different and stand out and be unique and just be authentically yourself. Right. I think that's all we can do as artists in general anyway. I don't know why you'd want to try and sound like somebody else or do something. Now, this, this to me is ridiculous. Why exactly? Would you want to do something, a song that so many other people, <laughs> it's been done so many times. Why would you want to even, where's it's funny, the fun in that? It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I taught for a bit and I remember um, I was leading the jazz band and, uh, okay. you know, it was like we'd go to these competitions and we'd hear like the same standards over and over again. And so I really, I was a fan of like modal bop and post bop kind of a thing, you know, like Woody Shaw okay. and, and Freddie Hubbard and uh stuff like that and so i would arrange those tunes for our jazz band mm-hmm. you know which is oh, nice cool. because i i could kind of you know kind of make sure it really fit our ensemble you know we had like just really just three strong trombones um even though we had four of them uh and so then i just kind of you know make sure that his part was just a little bit different but i mean i could have really focused on the strengths of it which was our, our sax section okay you know it's kind of things like that so i would do tunes that you know like uh tomorrow's destiny or, you know, I mean, no one's heard who knows tomorrow's destiny by Woody Shaw, unless you're, you know, like a hardcore jazz fan. So, you know, it's, it's some of the, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> so I don't know that. It, it, it's a good tune. Uh, okay. You know, just things like that. And so it, I think it really helped um, at least push our jazz band, maybe not over the edge, but I mean, we got accepted to, to several competitions and things like that just because we were doing different stuff and that wasn't the same. So I completely get what you're saying. Um, yeah. For me, um lately the most i've written well i think the last thing i wrote was a christmas carol quote unquote uh for another podcast they were celebrating a third year anniversary uh so so i just kind of you know i said it in like a style that was kind of you know six eight very uh you know i saw three ships kind of style and so it kind of worked you know okay Besides that, I really haven't written much in like the last year or so. So it was nice to kind of spread my chops a little bit because I hadn't done that. And so I, oh, okay. I, I know exactly what you mean about, you know, just trying to, to, yeah, you can be inspired by something, but harnessing that and, and making it your own is different. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's what actually being an artist, a creative person, a songwriter, it, it's, that's, that's the biggest part of it. Yeah. To get your own hands in there and, see what you can mold, see what you can create. I mean, I don't know. I was thinking when, you know, about people saying you should do a cover. Why don't you do a cover? Is there a lot of 
the painters these days doing the Mona Lisa? No. Like, like <laughs> I thought that was a good analogy, though, because yeah. it was done once, that, and it doesn't need to be done more than that. I'm I'm all for live tunes. When I was playing live, yeah, did, yeah, some, you know, we do something, that's and that's fun, different. Right? You got to do that live because people, yeah. I mean, they're going to see you, but at the same time, they want to sing and be entertained by songs that they know. You know, yeah. so so you got to throw in a couple of those. But yeah, for an album, I mean, I don't see the point uh, in, you know, paying someone else to to sing their tune. You know? <laughs> yeah. I say, I mean, I think that if you if you tag along Blue Christmas or I'll Be Home with whatever on uh, anywhere on this album, if you add a cover, it it ruins the whole thing. Yeah, it would destroy the flow and just it would ruin it for me anyway. Yeah, and no, that's I get really, it. That's what matters to me the most. If that's the only gauge that we have as artists to go by is what we like, what we want, what we're doing. If we're satisfied with it, there's no more success that can be got. Anything beyond that is a bonus. Yeah, I agree. I think. That's cool, man. But I am going to need you to explain like an elephant to me, please. (laughs) Your last track. (laughs) That's funny. funny. I got a very, I got a very like Dumbo vibe from it like that was my thought and i don't know if that's what you meant but like that was my you know like flying like an elephant you know i believe i can fly kind of a thing Uh, well um i think it's just a way to say you believe that i can do the impossible gotcha an elephant can't fly um there's i mean i wrote that song for somebody in my life gotcha obviously you probably hear that in the song there is yeah Mm -hmm. but I think you know again it's it's uh it's testament that you can say things in a million different ways mm-hmm. you know you know now that I tell you what that is, yeah, you it makes perfect sense now, about. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm singing about um, uh that one I had actually written a few years ago as well, and I didn't have, like, I have a full studio now I bought over the years. Guitar, electric guitar, bass, right. everything I needed. Right. Um, so when I actually initially wrote that song, I had recorded it on my iPhone in, like, a restaurant or something on, on there. <laughs> there was an old piano there, and I'm just like, can I use this? And I recorded that and gave it to the person for Christmas. Um, but revisiting the lyrics, I was like, what the hell? Like, some of the lyrics were like, Man, Robbie, three years ago, you could have done better. So I, <laughs> I, I, I upgraded the lyrics a bit, and I think I may have added a verse. But what is the strongest element of that tune for me? It's the arrangement, and it, it's so. I was going to say, musically, it seems the most complex out of all of them. Yeah, in its simplicity, it's complex because it's yeah. it's it's very nice and and flowy. But I think out of all of them, um, the chord progression or like, you know, the way it flows seems to me um, to be more uh, sophisticated, I should say. Maybe not complex, but sophisticated. And no, sophisticated than, is a good word. Than, um, you know, than some of the others. And so I don't know if there was I, a few more passing chords here and there or if it was just more ornamentation, but it did seem, it just seemed a little more, yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of that. I tried, I tried to dial it back i tried to i when i came across that electronic vocal kind of weird thing that's in Mm -hmm. it that i just uh, i loved it and i thought you know what i'm gonna have to record this to a click track (laughs) i I, (laughs) i'm not good at that and i don't like it so 
I actually recorded it a lot, probably for a couple of hours, and then I just <laughs> used the very first take I had done. But if I hadn't, if I didn't record it to a click track, that mm -hmm. electronic element wasn't going to work. It wasn't going to be the right BPM. Right. Yeah. So that it just creates this kind of, you know, for me, it's almost you're looking, you're staring at a sky where the elephant is flying. There's like sparse clouds. There's something very elegant and light about that song that I love. Mm -hmm. Just the little symbols and just not overkill and not too much, just enough to feel, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, it's really personal. Yep. Uh, and and I mean you, that reflected in the lyrics, even though I, I I couldn't I didn't quite get it. I mean now that you mentioned it, it's like of course it was right there. Why didn't I get it? But um, <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those like duh, Jerry. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean just it's just the whole arrangement. I think it's like I said, it's just very sophisticated, and I I really really enjoyed that, and it was a great closer. Yeah, you see, Donder was actually going to be the closer until I was listening before I released it one night on my phone. And Elephant just came, it just played after Donder, and I'm like, I got that wrong. Donder has to be second last. And Elephant is clearly the last track. Mm -hmm. If you think about Peppermints, it's clearly, it's like the album dictates what order you put the songs in. Right. It always reminds me of this thing that Michael Jackson said. He said, artists need to get out of the way of writing the music. Let the music write, write itself. It's like, okay, I'm a lightning, I'm a some sort of like guide. a conduit, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a conduit for this art that's coming out. This music, these lyrics. Um, I mean, I'm doing it, but it's also you have to kind of follow your heart. Is the yeah, that's the real truth in writing. You have to always follow your heart, otherwise you're you're tampering with the the love, the melody, the the gift, wherever this is coming from, you're tampering with it. If you're like, Oh, I'm going to do it because maybe my sister won't like me saying that word. No, you have to start with what's real and what's coming through you first. You have to right. do it first. What, am, what is my heart saying? And what does my heart say? That's the correct word. Like there's, is that the one? No, the underrated Santa, I swear in it. I'm some massive curse word. Oh, I think yeah, I did skip thing. that one. Yeah. The underrated Santa, which was also a funny one. I like that. that <laughs> And not funny, wrote, uh -huh, but funny just you know it's a it kind of reminded me i i mean it just it made me smile you know it just i i, I everything about it it, it just made me smile <laughs> it, it's another that's good thank you for saying that. i like i always love to hear what people's take on are because it's i can't read it i, I only have my my own you know preferences to judge right. it by right but someone wrote in a review they called it a kid's album and the first thing that i thought kid's album oh I hope they didn't listen to it. I mean, it is. Really, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get what they're it. saying. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I definitely understand the sentiment. Although I think the word choice was poor. How about that? <laughs> I mean, it's very. Is I mean, if you listen to the first couple of tracks, you might be allude to a children's album. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so I, I know what they're saying. I can see uh, the sentiment, but I, I think yeah, children for sure. is probably the, the, the incorrect word choice there. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I would definitely say it's, uh, it's definitely lighthearted. It's definitely yeah. um, um, emotional. There are definitely At the same time, it's both, which is it's kind of a, a fine line to walk, but I think you walk it very well, you know. 
I mean, it's just being true to the songs is all. Yeah. I think that is a result of being true to the songs and being true to the music. There you go. And on that note, I'll ask you, what would you say then would be your hap, hap, happiest memory of recording this whole thing and putting it all together? Um, I mean, I, I love to record and I love to try and build a puzzle that doesn't exist and has no picture yet. Mm-hmm. I like the art of discovery and searching for melody and trying yeah. to fit them together. Even though you think this doesn't, this doesn't fit at all. How do I, and then you find how it does go together. I love all of that. Um, I couldn't say there's any one moment that that stands out as the moment I like the most, but I, I really enjoy this project and I'm proud of myself because I don't know if it'll ever happen again. That's why I added that first and only Christmas album to the cover. Yeah, so yeah. I ever just... <laughs> Which I thought was a fun touch there too. Yeah. In case I ever do, I could just be like, no, okay, I'm doing another one. This, this, this time I mean it. This time it's not. I like that. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Well, of course, I have no uh, memory of creating it since I I didn't create it. Um, But I would say as as a listener, uh, my most, uh, my favorite moment was um, listening to uh, the wish book. I mean, everything about it. Um, at first I was confused, like, wait, is this a, like, what's going on? You know, and then I realized, oh, he did say Christmas reading, but then as I'm listening to it, I'm just being brought more into the story and, uh, just going back to my childhood. And so, uh, that was definitely my favorite, uh, cool. my favorite part there. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's mine as well. I have to say as far as, I mean, yeah, if I had to pick one, it would be wish book. Yeah. There's something special about it. And I think the people of our generation who grew up. Mm-hmm. With the Sears catalog, I really and, and I mean I can remember my grandmother talking about Simpson Sears catalog. So yeah. I think that that book goes back quite some time. It does, yeah, to the 30s, I believe, is was the first one. So, uh, but but yeah, it's just uh, of course by our time they they were already spanning like 800 pages. Yeah, it was it was big. <laughs> they were massive. Yeah. yeah, very long, very very long book. <laughs> yeah, a lot to skip over to find yeah. a toy section. But, yeah, <laughs> um, but now we come to my favorite part of the show, which is a little segment I like to call "To the Max." So this is where, <laughs> <laughs> to the this, this is where we do our uh, uh, where we we talk about our favorite lines or favorite lyrics of uh, in, in the movie or special. In this case, it's the album. So uh, as a guest, I'll let you go first, and uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. So just my favorite line from the album would have to be from that song. Um, wish book, and I don't know if you want me to say it. People can hear it, and you know what it is. You heard the last line of the thing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can say it. I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, if you don't mind saying it, then then that's no, 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 no. The 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 strange. I won't. Say, I shouldn't say strange, but the very magical element that is artistic creation, that is songwriting, that is movie making, that is. This, the, all these things that people love to do. That line just materialized in, in my head within a moment. And I went and I put it in my phone. Nice. And I just wrote that down exactly as it is. Every gift you'll ever need will always be here in the wish book that's inside you. That whole phrase just 
it just I was I wasn't even doing anything wish book related. I was watching the Sims, whatever, you know, it just that happens often to me. Like, and you know, okay, I gotta go write this down or I gotta record this line or I gotta yeah. record this riff. I'm sure it happens to you. Well, like yeah. when you were talking about singing in the shower and coming up with riffs. That to me is aside from the uh what we talked about earlier, the I can't think of the word now. For Sears, the anagram for Sears or whatever. Oh, uh-huh. um, that end piece makes the whole piece yeah. for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would still work without that tagline, but when you add that tagline, it's like the full. Yep. For me, it's like sliding into home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that would be. Are we just looking for one? Because that's, that's. If you have another one, yeah, I'm down for it. I don't mind. Uh, I mean, I. Lo- I like to throw lines in songs that people probably never get when they hear it. It's just little things in my head. Uh, I had been watching a lot of RuPaul and drag queens and uh, people unsure of, of their gender and Caitlyn Jenner and all this stuff mm-hmm. where people are, man, you know, whatever people want to be as much love involved as possible. Right. Um, and I said, uh, Tap the way in San Diego, Gordon was my boy, but you could very much say Gordon was my girl. That was me saying, okay, Gordon was my boy, but you could very much say Gordon was my girl. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, my friend I told him, was like, yeah, I got that, but I don't, I don't think he did. I don't think many people would get what I'm saying. Cause I didn't, I did, I completely went over my head, but now that you, again, <laughs> now that you said it, it's like, well, of course it's like right there. Why didn't I? It's like, a, I mean, it's a weird line, but it, it, I mean, it's keeping with the song. The song is weird. I mean, what is tapped away in San Diego? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But speaking of that, it comes to my favorite line, uh, which, and you'll have to forgive me. I'm going to do my, my best impression here, but it's it's also. Oh, from- I love impressions. <laughs> and it's a. Uh, it's right after they ask, you know, the son, the or the, you know, the son, and the, it, it, you know, ask if they have Christmas trees, and it was, yes, we've got Christmas trees, yes, we've got Christmas trees, yes, we've got yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I, I, I guess I don't know. I probably have done it a lot. I've done some other stuff. Uh, I kind of do voices and weird stuff. As I, I mentioned, I did a series that I called "The Boy in the Bathroom Sink," where just in my bathroom there was this iron stain a hard water stain that every day i went in the bathroom it looked like a little boy's face more and more <laughs> so then he started talking in this high pitch just a very aggressive sound so i did i don't think i sang in his voice but i did santa and the elves for this peppermint's album you did yeah I, that to me i think it's weird because i never go <clears throat> what would santa sound like oh 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 I just like a lot of that stuff is done in the moment. A lot of lyrics I come up with are just made up on the spot. Oh, okay. Hey, Stan, are we going to have peppermints for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But singing in a character voice is kind of cool. And uh, Gordon didn't last for very long. <laughs> he didn't have no, much, no, the whole place blew up. I think that's the, that's <laughs> the only thing you said, I think, in the whole thing. But. I, I don't know. That was one of those down to the wire things going, I got to finish this tune. And then you just <laughs> come up with, okay, this would be cool. Cause I mean, again, when you're creating something and after you've heard it for the 11,000th time, yeah, you know, cause you hear it from start to finish. Right. It just adds that cool element. You get a little insight to Gordon's character. He's a weirdo. <laughs> 
but I liked it. It's good. It's it's catchy, and there's something about it that's just it's 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 an awesome tune, man. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah, it came together nicely. It came together nicely. It sure did. You got you gotta have you gotta know when to stop. Is one of the things that's key. Which is always hard, especially uh, for creative types, because it's, a lot of us will go back. We're like, no, it's not finished yet. And then we'll, we'll go back and add something. We're like, no, it's not finished yet. And then you got to go back and take something away. And then, no, it's not finished yet. And then you go back and, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of editing that we do. And sometimes you can over edit. Which yeah, is, for sure. Which is definitely, uh, you know, to the detriment of the song most oftentimes. Yeah. And, and it's difficult again, when you've heard it so many times, especially when I went to try and mix them, I was, my ears were so full that I just, yeah, I just went, okay, this one's done, and this is how I'm going to mix it. And this is Matt. done. You know, I had I had to do that. You Otherwise, had to say it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'd still be mixing it right now. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell after a while. You can't even hear it anymore. Right, but that does make me wonder. On that note, uh, you know, GI Joe, they taught us that knowing is half the battle. What do you think the other half is? Well, I think the other half of the battle is i mean the creative aspect is what i'm good at i i like to do it i feel like i know what i need to know about it but as far as the promotion Mm -hmm. that's my least favorite i mean i love doing these podcasts and i love talking about it and i love doing interviews Mm -hmm. but i emailed nineteen thousand different people and you're one of the only people that i've booked a podcast with it's i mean (laughs) I've got stories written and articles and stuff, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just not a fan of, cause I don't, I feel like somebody else knows how to do it. Right. So if I could yeah. just take this and go, okay, this is the album that's done. Now you do your thing and get it out there. Right. But that, that's the hardest thing for me is promoting is I'm not, I don't think I'm as good at it as I should be. I mean, I wrote a press release and just tried to be as professional about it as I could. Right. That's the other you. half of the battle for me. I hear you. Well, for me, the other half of the battle, so if knowing's half of it, the other half is putting your childhood memories into a wish book song. Oh, you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, uh, Robbie, it's been fun talking with you. Uh, I, yeah, for sure. Great album. Thanks for letting me listen to it. Um, where can they find you? You know, what do they... You know, oh, I'm everywhere. Where can they get where can they get the album? <laughs> well, you can go to uh, RobbieTucker.com. Okay. Robbie with an IE. Mm-hmm. Uh RobbieTucker.com. That'll take you directly to my band's camp page. Uh, and you can buy the album there. Uh, okay. right now for Christmas, there's like you enter the code gift when you're mm-hmm. checking out and you get twenty five percent off. Oh nice. I I always say that I don't feel like a lot of people buy music anymore. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so I, I've said to people around here who listen to it, I mean, it, it means the world to me if you just listen to it and get a kick out of it and like it and play it on your way home from work or play it for your girlfriend or your mother or, you know, say to your dad, hey, listen to Wishbook and listen to it together. That really means the most. Ten, I mean, $10 for the album doesn't. I appreciate the cash, but if you just want to listen to it, you can do that as, you can yeah. do that as well on Spotify or Apple Music or any place you can stream music from these days. Right on. Very cool. And uh, on any place on like else online, the Twitter, Facebook, are you all over there? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Robbie Tucker Music. Uh, and try to do different things on Instagram. I don't know if I ever succeed in figuring out these platforms. 
know um, how that feels. <laughs> it's we're in a place now where I actually created a couple of lyric videos for. I did one for Audio Dode and one for Holiday Hustle, because there's so much content these days that you have to give people some more initiative to want to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't have the time to spend a month editing a video. So lyric videos are kind of under what I'm doing now. <laughs> right on. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I like that. You know, you'll find yeah. tons of those. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Jerry. I really appreciate listening to the album and it's, it's super fun to hear back feedback about, you know, to actually know that somebody listened to it and like, Oh, they're telling me they like this one and they like this one. That to me means the world. There's nothing that I could ask for that would be better than that. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. I really appreciate you having me on. And so on that right there, I will say it was exciting times in my life because Christmas is magical. So check us out on our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you're feeling nostalgic and giving, leave us a review on iTunes. Not only does it help us reach more people, but you also get a free sticker. Later, dudes. Welcome to Gordon's Christmas Shop. How can I help you? Hi, Gordon, my love, my one true love. What happened to you? You survived me here. Oh, Gordon, my love, you know Christmas it ain't coming, and I, I ain't leaving. Oh, my son and I were looking for a Christmas tree. Yes. You saw Christmas trees here? <laughs> well, yes, we got Christmas trees. Yes, we got Christmas trees. Gordon laughing passed away. 